Hello, you're listening to Our Walk, the podcast that speaks to real people with real stories about a real God. I'm Steve. And I'm Luke. And this week we're speaking to Kate. Here we are. Hello, Kate. Hiya. Hello, Luke. Hiya. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too shabby. Got my coffee, so I'm all right. I'm oh, okay. I don't like coffee. Well, why not? Because it tastes like mud. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> don't take. Any... makes it. Yeah, uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> don't take any offence, Kate. He's... <laughs> no, I'm not a coffee fan. So, Kate, we have you here today. I've known you most of my life. I've been friends with. Well, I was in the same class as your eldest daughter, mm-hmm. actually, at yeah. primary school. Now Steve's wife. So, for those listening, we are talking to Steve's mother-in-law. Dun dun dun. Exciting. So, Kate, I have a question. Um, do you have any embarrassing or just sort of good or funny stories about me and Steve? Because you've obviously known us um, since we were really young. Do you have any like stories that you can tell the listeners about uh, the host of this show? Oh, well, hard when you put on the spot. But um, <laughs> I, I do remember um, week after week of taking my three children and you and Connor, your mm-hmm. brother, to a youth group um, over on Portman Road. And... Um, I'm ashamed to say it, but I broke the law every week because I squashed four children across the back seat of my car <laughs> because I couldn't get you all there any other way. I managed to get on a minor lift home on the way back to avoid breaking the law in the other direction. <laughs> so I only did it like half a week, really. Um, yeah. But that was really good because you and your brother used to come along and, and have some fun with the guys. And, and here you are in church, so that's yeah. really cool. Now, as we were talking about before we just started recording, you know, it's just, you know, you and your family, your kids have just been a massive... Um, part of my life my journey you know in fact it, it started the beginning of my journey and my walk with God so you know I thank you for that but yeah no I was putting the boot every week weren't I <laughs> <laughs> no I'm joking I'm joking but you always had the best seat I believe that is true that is true <laughs> well away from Andrew who usually wanted to hit someone <laughs> so what about your son in, your now son in law well yes well I can't really think of anything to embarrass him but um, the thing that springs to mind is that when my daughter was, I think, about 13, 14, I'm not sure really how old she would have been, she quite liked Mr Curtis, and he's two or three years older than her, so um, she would, um, I suppose, think about if she might be married to him, and we found a notebook, and she'd practised her signature, Mrs Curtis, Mrs Curtis, Mrs Curtis, all down the page. Wow. And um, sadly, when she'd come to be Mrs Curtis, she couldn't find the notebook anymore, but um, yeah, I just think that's really sweet, that's something that she'd hoped for all those years ago, um, turned around and came to happen and now yeah, they're Mr and Mrs Curtis and I couldn't wish for a nicer son-in-law Aww. he's the best Aww, I, I couldn't wish for <laughs> <laughs> I tell, so I tell you what she actually found that notebook the other day Did the she? other week it was a while ago now but she found it I can't remember when but Cool. That will have made her happy because she turned the bedroom upside down looking for it when they got engaged <laughs> oh, bless her Right, so Kate, you know the structure of the show, but for any new listeners, part one of this podcast is always about, you know, I I term it BG, before God, Mm. upbringing, growing up, everything that kind of came before you met God, so a good starting point is, you know, where were you born, what were your parents like, what was your childhood, etc, etc, so go. (laughs) (laughs) So I was born in Clapham South. That's how we say it in Reading. In London, we'd say Clapham South. Um, <laughs> and I was actually born in a convent hospital, um, but that was about the limit of my 
church upbringing. My mum called herself a Methodist. My dad calls himself a lapsed Catholic, which basically means his family may have were Catholics, but he doesn't practice that religion at right. all. Doesn't practice any religion. Um, and I was brought up in with a, a younger brother, so there was just the four of us at home. Um, never went to church. I, I was bridesmaid a couple of times. I remember fainting at my uncle's wedding because it was a Catholic service and it went on for a very long time. And I don't think I'd had enough breakfast. All oh, right. Wow. <laughs> um, but no, never went to church, no talk of God. Um, my great aunt, when I look back, was a Christian, um, but a very quiet Christian, and w didn't really ever talk to me about God, but I'm sure was praying for me um, for all those years. And we used to see her every week when we visit my, visited my grandma, so there was that going on in the background, but I was really unaware of it. Oh, right. Um, and then when I was in my mid-teen, well, I suppose, I don't know really, 13, 14, the lady down the road to where we lived asked me, would I like to be in the church choir, which was a bit random. Um, <laughs> a, because I can't sing exceptionally well. <laughs> that was going to be one of my questions. Can you sing? Why? Well, I sort of can sing, but not well enough to be in a choir, really. But when I got round to the local church, I discovered why they'd asked. There was three very doddery old ladies in the choir, and this lady who'd asked me, who was probably middle-aged at the time, and me. And they kind of needed a choir for weddings. So it became a bit like a Saturday job. I used to go and sing at people's weddings on a Saturday oh, and get wow, paid, okay. you know, £3.50 or something random nice. for it. So that was my sort of first interaction with church. Um, but still, my mum and dad didn't come. But out of that, I ended up being confirmed into the Church of England. So I'd been christened as a Methodist, because mm -hmm. that's what my mum said she was, although she never went to church. Um, and then confirmed as a in the, into the Church of England. And I remember wearing a blue knitted dress and matching cardigan and you had to hold your name on a piece of paper. And because my name's actually Catherine, it was so long, it kind of fell off the edge of the paper. And <laughs> the guy that was doing the confirmation couldn't was looking at it and saying, oh, what does that say at the end? So that's all, all I remember I'm about it, really. I a, a wanted poster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smiling Catherine. Catherine. Would <laughs> you buy a car from this woman? <laughs> so, Kate, how was... Um, what was school like as a child for you? Like, where did you sort of go to school and how is it like with your friends and how did you find um, learning and your teachers and that? Like, yeah. what was school life like? Um, I just remember it being okay, really. I mm. wasn't super bright, but I didn't struggle. I did okay. I had friends. Um, I was a bit of a goody two-shoes. Uh, we went to, we had three schools um, back there, so primary, middle and high. Um, don't remember much about my primary school other mm. than it was the 70s and my teacher stepped across me on the carpet one day and kicked me in the head with her big platform shoes oh wow uh, <laughs> strange things you remember um, and then um, moving through middle school don't remember much about that at all to be honest and high school I had to get a, a tube to um, <clears throat> an underground tube but yeah I had friends all the way through I did okay very proud that I never got a detention right. um, I nearly did once but I told a little white lie to get out of it um, <laughs> the homework detention. I wasn't naughty or anything. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it just sort of trogged along really. Mm. No, no, no major issues. Nothing amazing. Just did it really because you did. But, but I was. I kept my head down and just got on with it really. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, let's move on up a bit. What was teenage years like? They're always a bit of a traumatic experience <laughs> for people. Well, so. it was for me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you um, Luke. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I. So I left school and I went to college um, up the road from where I lived to do, I think it was called a BTEC National Diploma or something. Um, basically it was a secretarial course with a bit added on and would you believe 
I was learning shorthand, which seems really funny now, because I don't suppose anybody's even got a secretary anymore, let alone one who takes shorthand. Um, but I didn't like it very much. So I stayed from the September to the Christmas. Um, and then I left and got a job. I went to work for Lloyds Bank and started travelling up into the city of London. I worked in Threadneedle Street. So my teenage years actually, um, again, not, nothing to write home about really. I had... I did have a couple of boyfriends for um, a sort of a series of time and both times thought this was the one for me and I think by then I'd stopped being in the choir and didn't do that anymore but didn't really live a particularly wild life or anything like that. I, yeah, sad really but I don't remember much about it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very, very much to write home about. <laughs> but it was um, during those years as a teenager you wouldn't say now that you were a Christian or you had faith no, in religion? No, no, no. No, no I think... I think I was always aware of God. Yeah. Um, when I got confirmed, my aunt stepped up a bit and she they bought me a, a concordance, I remember. But at the time, I don't, didn't have the faintest idea what this book was. And it, you know, it's, it had um, lots of columns and little words and numbers by it. And I thought, oh, that's a very nice gift and put it on the shelf. I've got about it. Um, and so she would talk to me about God a little bit, but, but nothing more than that. I don't think she went to church herself, to be honest. Um, so no, nothing. No, no Christian influence at all right. in my teenage and growing up years. So, it, from my knowledge, you didn't actually meet God and become fully, a fully-fledged Christian until after you'd had all your children. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. So, wh what about that gap? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that we're kind of missing. Yeah. So. Okay, so, um, I got married in my early 20s, um, moved to East Grinstead um, in Sussex. <clears throat> that went horribly wrong. So I moved back home, not very long afterwards, and back in with my parents. A um, little while after that, met um, Fraser, who's my children's dad. And we got married, and within a year, <coughs> excuse me, I was pregnant, and we had Amy. Um, and it was really having Amy that made me kind of realise, gosh, there must be more to life than just what I'm experiencing. Yeah. You know, you give birth to a child, and it's even now it makes me go a bit, ooh, because you give birth to this child and it's a miracle. You know, you ca you, you're you pregnant and you think, oh, I've got a big belly and you're carrying this child around. But actually when you give birth and, and this baby's put into your arms, it's just so much bigger than you are. You know, you, all thoughts of I did this or we did this, they're, they're out the window and it's there must be a God, you know. Mm. And that was when really I thought, oh, hold on, I, I need to think about this a bit. Um, and we, well, I started going to church, Fraser came a bit. Um, and for a while we did go together, got Amy christened, and we were then living in Beckenham in Kent, um, and begun to go to church quite regularly. Um, got very involved with that church, was on various committees, and ran the toddler group, and all, all those sorts of things. Um, and, and was, yeah, an active member of a church. Um, Lewis was born while I was in that church as well. And then we moved when Amy was three and Lewis was one to Reading. Mm. Woo! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, you talk. Was it Amy's birth that kind of pushed you into going to church? Was it that? Like, how did you get from not going to church to going to church and becoming active? Yeah, I think, I think it definitely was Amy's birth, and I think there was this thing inside me, which is funny now because we don't, we don't do um, infant baptism here, do we? But I think I, I really wanted to get her baptized. Um, some some call it christened, but because 
I don't know, it's hard to explain, but there was this something inside of me that came alive and I knew I had to somehow give her back to God or thank God for her or acknowledge to God, actually, I suppose it was, that, that it was all so amazing mm. and that in having her, I'd realised he was really real. Um, but I, in realising that there was a real God, I kind of missed the fact that actually he wants a relationship with us. So I spent quite a lot of years believing in God and going to church and being really involved in the church. You know, the community of the church was incredible. It was, mm. You know, all my friends were in church. Um, the lady that became my best friend, she lived next door but one and she came to church. And, you know, we shared our lives. We both had husbands who worked long hours, so we'd often feed the kids and bath the kids and carry them which, from whichever house we were in and put them to bed in our, their pyjamas, you know. And, and so it, my life became, sort of revolved around the church but it didn't really revolve around God. Mm. And that's where I think I, without knowing it, I'd missed out a bit really. Um, yeah, so I came to Reading and um, looked for a church. You know, we'd left mm. a church, so we looked for a church. So before we move on, so would you say you were an active member of the church without having an active faith, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, I, think I had a faith in that I believed in God and I would pray, you know, and I'd ask him to do things or whatever. But I'm, but I was praying to this thing in the sky, this mm. kind of mm. unknown quantity that was. I was in awe of him, which is good. We need to be in awe of mm. God, don't we? But but I'd really miss that he wanted to be my friend and my dad and and everything else that he wants to be to us. I I just got this creator God thing, but I hadn't got the the relational God at all. And nobody ever told me. It's a bit mm. sad, really. Yeah, no, that is, that is sad. Um, so I think we're going to end part one there. When we come back in part two, we'll um, talk a bit more about you uh, encountering God, moments of encountering God that have sort of cemented your faith in him and your relationship with him today. So we'll be right back. And we're back. So, Kate, we've just, um, in part one, learned a lot about your childhood upbringing and um, teenage years and having your first two children. So y you can start from that, maybe talk about when Andrew came along or, or something like that. But this part is mainly just about a moment that you really encountered God um, or that first moment that made you just really understand who he is and uh we're sort of um empowered by him and just thought wow this this is something i've got to be proper serious about so mm. yeah if you'd just like to talk okay <laughs> so um yeah i think i said we came to reading and um within a year um i think a year or two i can't remember really andrew came along um so here i was with three children under five um a husband who worked really long hours um, in Reading and then to, went to Oxford then he went back to London it was all a bit mad really mm. um, we joined a local church but to be honest there wasn't a lot of life in it um, and I was going to a toddler group actually another local church and one of the ladies there came to Lifespring and she said to me one day oh why don't you come along to Lifespring so we came along to Lifespring when we met in Prospect School and um, again everybody was really friendly and welcoming when you've got small children it's really easy to kind of slide in because people talk to you because of your children yeah. and you know um 
so yeah pretty soon made quite a few good friendships in life's ring came to church did the thing still really without having any relationship with god which again is a bit of a shame um life moved on and then sadly when andrew was about two um things went a bit wrong in my marriage well they'd been going a bit wrong for a while and it came to a point where it was you know something happened and we went our separate ways um but even that didn't work out and i came back again <laughs> and uh there became began a journey really and it's really interesting because we often say that we meet god in our lowest moments and i don't think everybody has to get to the bottom to meet god but for me it was like he stopped me in my tracks really and i got to a place in a way where i there was nothing else i couldn't nothing else could be my crutch i couldn't rely on anything else and um a friend that lived up the road um no sorry so my best friend actually that lived up the road she said to me oh why don't you come because I, I left church you know leaving your husband and taking your children away kind of makes you think oh, I've got no right to go to church people won't like me um people will judge me and anyway God must hate me because look what I've done to my family um even though I did it for for the reasons that I did it for um it wasn't the right thing to do I recognize that and I knew that at the time but I didn't see any other way so I kind of stopped going to church didn't do anything and then as I say my friend up the road said oh come along to my church which funnily enough was a Methodist church, so right back to my beginning. Um, went there for quite a long time, actually, and the kids loved it. The Sunday school was really good. Um, so it was nice, actually. I could go every Sunday. I could just sit and rest and relax. And it, it didn't really do a lot for me spiritually, if I'm honest, but the people were lovely and the kids loved it, so we did that for a while. And then this other friend, um, who was not going to church at the time, she said, I need to go back to church. Let's let's go and look at some churches together. And she'd previously come to Lifespring, so we, we did the rounds a little bit, went to two or three different churches and came back to Life Spring. And a few people remembered me and said hi and, and it was really lovely. Um, and actually she didn't come back to Life Spring, but I kind of stayed. Um, and Life Spring really took me under its wing. You know, they mm. didn't judge me. They didn't say, oh, you've made a terrible mistake. Or, they didn't, you know, they just loved me really. Um, and pretty soon it became home for me but still it was about church and it was about people mm. it wasn't really about relationship with God. Yeah. Of it. Yeah, yeah yeah and I'm, I'm a, a very sociable person so I like to be in a crowd with a lot of people it's it's who I am so I kind of miss that if I haven't got it and then joined what was we used to have life groups before we had cell groups and um went to a life group and really enjoyed doing that I don't know how I did it somebody must have babysat for me I can't remember <laughs> um and went to this life group every week and it was a really different kind of collection of people we were it was male and female we were all very different people actually Steve's mum was in that life group as well um and uh I remember coming out actually this particular night was this life group was at Steve's mum and dad's house and I remember coming out um with a guy called Andrew and ended up having a conversation with him which isn't unusual he's, he's he likes a good chap um and he likes to sort of help people along their way doesn't he mm. and uh he just said to me so Kate have you ever given your life to Jesus and I said oh I don't know have I I don't really know what you mean and he chatted to me about what that meant and he said why don't you go away and have a little think about it and uh at that time I was still living in the house with with Fraser but we were in separate rooms I was in the little box room and I remembered that I'd got a little red booklet on the bookshelf called what, a Why Jesus booklet, which is a um, Nicky Gumbel alpha. alpha thing. Yeah. yeah. So I went and got my little 
thing. And when, it's funny, isn't it? Because I'd been in church on and off for a, a lot of years at this point. But I went and got this little booklet and I read it through. And at the end, it had a prayer. And it was a prayer that you could give your life to Jesus. And I remember getting off the bed and kneeling on the floor in like the proper old-fashioned <laughs> prayer way and, and praying this prayer and giving my life to Jesus. And it was like something shifted I can't even explain it it was almost like God was like yes at last you know she's got it she's realized she's here she's come home and that was a really pivotal moment for me things really changed then and I had this massive hunger to know God you know to really know who he was um and there used to be I don't know if you guys remember a, a Christian bookshop on London Street called St Andrew's Bookshop and I used to go there every day and park my car and go in and spend hours looking. I, I bought a great big Bible with all the, um, what you call it, life application Bible. And I bought, suddenly realised what this concordance thing was that my <laughs> yeah. aunt had given me years ago. Um, loads of books, you know, I really, it just, it was like, bam. And it was almost like God said, okay, it's taking you ever such a long time to get here, but now we've got to catch up. And he took me by the hand and we ran. Um, really, really special time. And actually, my life in the natural was horrendous. It was probably the hardest time of my life. My my marriage wasn't good. Um, I was on my own, um, doing life on my own, but living in a house with um, the kid's dad. It, it wasn't a great time, but God was amazing. So for me, that was definitely the turning point. Mm, brilliant. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So would you say that you encountered the Holy Spirit that night or was that a, a separate occasion, do you reckon? This I find this really hard. I wish <laughs> I wish I had a oh that was the day it happened story. Mm-hmm. But I don't really. Like, I think for me it's been I think when I look back, I think yes, definitely the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit came then. But not in a kind of um wow way. Mm-hmm. More a here I am. I'm you know, I've been hovering at the door for years waiting for this moment I'm here now so it was kind of like a gentle joining rather than a wham Um, I did a few years I'm not very good on timescales I can't remember how long after but um, I went to an encounter weekend um, and somebody prayed for me and I fell over (laughs) and it was so like well I don't know I just fell over and I I was laying on the floor thinking oh what happened then (laughs) so I suppose for me and I've, that's only happened to me twice in my whole Christian life. So I suppose for me that would have been a significant Holy Spirit moment. Um, but I felt a bit of a twit, so I was scrambling to try and get up really quick. <laughs> um, and now I, when I think back, I just should have laid there for a while and just let him do what he wanted to do. But um, yeah, there's been lots of moments in my life where I, I know Holy Spirit's come and I know, you know, he's, he's with me. But I've never had a significant, that was it. And to be honest, even when I was baptised... It was an amazing experience, but but it wasn't a whoosh, here's the Holy Spirit. Um, I think, you know, he's just... I just feel like he was always just right beside me. And actually, at that time when I suddenly realised I needed to say, come on in, he just came in. Mm. So And he, and he comes regularly. You know, whenever... I love, I'm, I love to worship. I love praise and worship. And I would say every Sunday, I feel him, here I am. You know, I've been here anyway, but... Here I am a bit more. Here I am a bit more. And he just comes and joins in. And it's, yeah, very special. Yeah. And, you know, for most people, there's never really a moment where it's like that. Like, you know, all of a sudden everything's sorted. You have the 100% faith in him and stuff. But you have that first moment that starts you on that journey. Mm. And then you have 
following moments that you know build up your faith yeah. and your strength in him yeah and stuff uh so yeah i think we'll end part two there that was a great little part i love that <laughs> and when we come back for part three we will talk about what has changed in your life since these moments of encountering god so yeah see you all in a bit So part three is the part where we ask you about what's happened in you and in your life since you gave your life to God, since he became real to you, since the like, Holy Spirit kind of came around. So obviously there's a lot <laughs> that, <laughs> that you could cover, I guess. You've had uh, an exciting life, I guess. So I don't know. What, 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 for it. <laughs> <laughs> what, okay, what, what would you say since these moments, since you saw your faith was sort of cemented, has changed in your personality? Like what sort of aspects of yourself has changed since um, coming to realise who God is? Okay, so um, I, I gave my life to Jesus. I was baptised when I was 36. Um, I'll be 52 this year, so that's quite a long time. Um, but interestingly, I still feel like I'm a quite a new Christian. That's a bit mad, isn't it? And mm. I've been in Lifespring for all that time, and I still feel like I'm quite a new person in Lifespring, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but actually, I like that because it makes me not settle. Um, and I think the biggest thing is I... That sounds a funny thing to say, but I love myself. I've I've got a newfound confidence that I definitely didn't have before. Um I'm very chatty, those of you that know me will know that, but actually that was often just a cover for me thinking, oh, I've got to keep talking because I'm not very interesting and people don't like me, and, oh, you know, but now I just, and I and I um, have a laugh with our pastor, you know, he, he says, oh, it's Kate and she, no wonder she's still here, she talks a lot, and, and, but it doesn't bother me, I laugh about it because actually I think it's a bit of a gift God's given me to be friendly to people and to put people at their ease, um, but I can do it now because I actually like me, I'm happy with me, mm. so that's the main thing. Um, I think my my journey was one of needing to be loved, really, um, and I guess because I in growing up, my my dad wasn't a bad dad, but he was at work a lot. He wasn't around much. He didn't really. I, I don't remember as a child being told he loved me. I mean now. Every time I talk to him on the phone, his last words to me, I love you. And, you know, God's done amazing things around that relationship. And he's probably not even aware of that. But for me, he's done amazing things. And I love him to bits. And my mum, of course. But my growing up was all about, I need to be loved. I need to be loved. I need to be loved. So I got married too young for the wrong reasons, probably. Um, then, you know, maybe getting married the second time wasn't such a great idea. I don't know. It was fabulous in that I've got three beautiful children um but actually they've had to go through growing up with their dad in one place and their mum in another which I wouldn't have wished for them so meeting God kind of finally I know I'm loved by him and I wouldn't want to be on my own um at the moment I'm you know I'm married to Malcolm and I, I love being married to Malcolm I wouldn't want to be on my own but I know that if I was I'd be okay mm. because I know that God loves me and if you were to say to me what's the best thing about knowing God I'd say it'd be knowing that I'll never be on my own again um, and that might not be the most important thing to some people but for me I realised it really was because it was not wanting to be on my own that made me make poor choices mm. that took me to places I'd rather not have gone 
so like I said yeah my life's been interesting um but but really knowing God has just kind of settled me I suppose um put me in a place of just being able to stop running on the spot and just live which has been really good yeah I don't I don't know all the details of all your life but I know you've had a few like dark days things have happened to you in your life and you know you don't have to go into detail about that but having those dark days you know obviously we all know that faith in god doesn't mean that everything is rosy but mm. you know mm. having those kind of bad things happen and you know how how has he been there supported yeah. you through yeah so that's really interesting as well because um yeah I, I i did leave my husband for another man um and it all went wrong <laughs> and i ended up going back home and and we never managed to mend our marriage and we did end up divorcing but as we divorced um i got back in touch with this guy and by which time I was in church and living the right life and stuff. And uh, through Alpha, actually, um, I remember Neville and a few others did an Alpha Beer and Curry night for guys. And my friend Bob came along to Alpha Beer and Curry and um, went every week and really enjoyed it. And um, I remember him saying to me things like, you know, you've really changed since you went to church. And I'd be saying, no, it's not because I went to church. I've been going to church for years. It's because I've met Jesus. Um my next door neighbour once did some washing for me to help me out because my washing machine had broken and somehow turned all my whitewashing yellow and I just laughed <laughs> um, and he said how can you laugh about that it's, and I was like it's just washing but he knew the cake before that would have been I don't believe it look at my washing you know he saw the change in me kind of thing in lots of ways and uh, I remember chatting to somebody I think this alpha beer and curry thing was on a Wednesday I remember chatting to somebody on the Thursday or the Friday saying isn't it amazing um, Bob's become a Christian I was like has he he hasn't told me you know um, and yeah he became a Christian and then about 15 months after that he had a heart attack and died and that was one of those dark moments that you're talking about and, and it felt so unfair but actually I had the assurance of knowing that he'd gone to be with Jesus and I didn't have to worry about never seeing him again because hopefully one day I'll see him in heaven so that was really tough because I think you know we were really good friends and we had plans for life we were doing things the right way this time round, and suddenly he was gone. Um, but I suppose that was a really significant time in my life as well, because I'd up until then there'd always been someone for me to rely on. You know, I'd had a really good friend. Um, she'd moved away. Bob died. Um, then suddenly it was okay, it's just me and you, God. And again, it's not a nice place to be, but God really uses it. So He came swooping in and became even more to me than he ever was and I think that's why I can say now if I had to be on my own I could be on my own Mm. um and you know you think about the life of Job don't you and I I think what an amazing man to keep going um but he obviously had a real faith in God that he knew that however bad it got God was still there and there was still hope Mm. and I think that's really significant God has given me a hope that I never had before and that's what I want for people that I know you know the girls in my cell I just want them to know that with God there's always hope because he can turn things around like that, can't he? Nothing's too big for him, nothing's too small. So, yeah, it's about just holding on tight even through those really tough times. Because you're right, Steve, there are tough times. You know, becoming a Christian doesn't mean life's going to be amazing and it's all going to be easy. Mm. You know, we can all say in this room we've had some really tough times, haven't we, as Christians? But but it's, it's how you choose to get through them. And if you try and do it on your own... Or if you go and find something to to be your crutch, whether that be a friendship or sex or drinks and drugs or whatever it might be, 
you know, you're pushing God out of the way. You've really just got to go and say, come on, God, I need your help here. And he comes, doesn't mm. he? So you mentioned having people that you relied on. Mm. And I think, you know, you're now kind of self-reliant and self-sustaining. <laughs> but I think it's kind of flipped the other way now. You you have fostered, you... I don't I don't know her situation, but you're looking after yeah, uh, yeah. Chelsea. But, um, you know, you're, you've kind of flipped it around now. You are... People are reliant on you, mm. and I don't, I don't know, you can speak for yourself, but would that have happened without God kind of doing work in you? Would you have probably ever had that kind of desire to... Mm. No, I don't think I would. Um, I think before I was quite a selfish person. It was all about me, what I could get out of life. Um, you know... I, almost like as long as I'm all right everything will be fine you know and and almost that self-preservation thing and my mum's a bit like that bless her she'll she worries about me taking on too much and doing too much and so she'll often say to me oh you need to do less and you need to help people less and you you know but to me God's put me on this earth to be his hands and his feet and his eyes and mouth and every other part of the body really you know he's he's Jesus isn't walking the earth and he needs us to do it doesn't he so yeah, and I, I love to look after people. Um, I'm a bit of a doer and a fixer, and so I have to be a bit careful that I don't get in God's way. Um, and I've learned that I have to stop, because whenever anybody's got a need, I can feel myself being pulled towards that need. So I've learned that I have to stop and say, okay, God, do you want me to go here? Is this where we're going? Or am I just trying to run off on my own and do this in my own strength? Um, and the whole thing with Chelsea was definitely a God thing, because... You know, I remember the social worker said she chose us, which she did. Um, she she decided that she would come to us, and obviously we had to agree, Malcolm and I, that she could stay. Um, and it's been a bit of a journey, but you know, I see God changing her and moving in her. And there's been some really tough times, and it's all looked a bit hopeless at times. But you know, when we look back over the last three years, what God has done and is still doing is incredible, and it's an honour really to have been used by Him in her life. So, no, but it wouldn't have happened without God, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm asking all the questions, apparently. Yeah, sorry. No, sorry. <laughs> I did have one question, but you just on, threw me off because on. you were going to answer a question. No, no, I go. can't remember the question now. <laughs> so that's the thing, because you threw me off. Awkward. You, you ask it, go on. Uh, okay, so... It's all on you, Steve. <laughs> I'll see you all later, I'm gone. <laughs> Ooh, no pressure. Come back, come back. And Luke just left them. No, yeah. Still here. <laughs> Um, I guess that you've been through a lot. You've mentioned some of your dark times and stuff. You've also had good times, obviously. And mm. um, I guess kind of looking back on your life since you gave your life to God, and if you could, and this is probably what Luke was going to say. It was, actually. Yeah. You were saying exactly what I Do you want to finish it? No, you finish it. Don't worry. <laughs> if you could go back to pre before God, Kate, and talk to her as you are now and maybe encourage her, maybe advise her like about who god is what god can do and all that kind of thing you know what kind of things would you say to her to encourage her to oh um that's a that's a big one isn't it <laughs> i think um i think i would say listen you know listen to that still small voice listen to that pulling on your heartstrings um put yourself in those places where you can properly hear and don't try and do life on your own I think the biggest mistake we all make is to think that we are an island and we need nothing and nobody. 
because actually we know, don't we, that God made us for a relationship. He made us to be in relationship with him first and with one another second. Um, and we cannot do life on our own. And um, being a single mum really taught me that. Um, I am so incredibly blessed that all three of my children know Jesus and are walking with Jesus um, and are being used by him. You know, all three of them are, they're in three different churches, different parts of the country, um, but they're all in some sort of um, serving roles. They're all doing something. And that, to me, is so precious because they've had that chance and they... You know, they could have walked away if they'd chosen to. I, I did make them come to church with me when they were little because they had to come. But, you know, they got to an age where they chose to come. And I wish at their age that somebody had said, go and give God a chance. Um, and that when even that lady asking me to be in the choir, you mm. know, that was God's little poke, wasn't it? You know, it's a funny old way to get here, but come because I want to talk to you. Um, I really wish I'd listened. So, yeah, I'd definitely be saying listen to that still small voice don't listen to the world that shouts i'm exciting i'm amazing come and do all these wild things not that i really did anything wild but um you know i come from a family my dad's side of the family are irish and they think the idea of a wild night is to get hammered and see who's the most hung over the next morning you know and and that's not my idea of fun it never was really but it really isn't now it's just a massive distraction isn't it so yeah i'd say kate listen to god's voice Go where he's calling you to go. Don't be afraid of him. You know, he's the safest place to be. And um, take as many people there with you as you can. <laughs> so, Kate, as we... Oh, yeah, we started. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't never really got the talking part for you. I don't know what I'm doing now because Steve was just taking the show. <laughs> I walk with Steve and no and one Kate. else. Oh, and Kate, Kate yeah, yeah. Um, but no, joking aside, um, every week we ask our guests if they have any prayer requests for us, me and Steve, to pray for, but also the listeners. So, Kate, is there anything that any of us can pray for you about? Yeah, there sure is. I think we always need prayer. Anybody who's asked if they want any prayer and says no are a bit mad, really. <laughs> um, so the thing, the really two things that spring to mind are um, I'm a cell leader. I've got 14 ladies in my cell and I'd really love you to pray for wisdom and discernment around discipling them and helping them grow because I want them to have the most amazing relationship with Jesus they can have. Um so that would be a good one. And also I want for myself and for every lady in my cell to have um, that urgency in their hearts to go and tell everyone else about Jesus. You know, he's not our little secret. He's not something just to have um, for ourselves. It's not about coming to church on a Sunday and having a good time and, you know, looking after each other in practical ways in cell group. It's about getting out there and changing the world person by person. So, yeah, I'd love you to pray for me, but for my ladies in my cell as well, that we would go out and tell the world about Jesus in whatever way is the right way for us. Wow, that's incredible. Well, thank you very much, Kate, for sharing your story, your walk today with us. 
Um, if our listeners would like to find us, you can find us on Facebook, just type in Our Walk. You can follow us on Twitter, at Our Walk Pod. If you'd like to contact us, if you have any questions or just want to tell us that, that you were inspired or encouraged by someone's story, or you'd like to share your story yourself and be part of the show, you can email us at ourwalkpod at gmail.com. And we have our own website now where you can find every episode of these podcasts, as well as blogs and much more to come. And that is Our Walk Pod. Dot com. Thank you again, Kate. I'm Luke. I'm Steve. And oh, and I'm Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Still Kate. Yeah. God bless. Have a good week, guys, and we'll see you soon.